Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Today I'm talking about a really special photograph. I really like this one, and uh, I think this one's about nine months old or so. It's one of the, the photographs that I've taken uh, maybe during the last year. I really appreciate this one, though, and, and the reason for that is, is maybe significant only to, to, to me in some way, but this is from uh, kind of my home well, yeah, from my home, from my neighborhood, um, back when I was when I was a kid, when I was a child growing up in Southern Oregon. And I, I really grew up looking out the back to the southern view of the sky during the summertime. And it was really cool. So that's why I really like and connect with this photograph here. And it's really pretty. It, it, um, it shows the, the Milky Way kind of cutting diagonally across the sky as you look over and see part of Sagittarius, part of Scorpio, part of Mars and Saturn that were up at that time. Uh, during that part of the year. And it's really cool. You see some of the illumination from the city light, and maybe from the moonlight that might be out that kind of puts a little bit of a, a light cast onto Mount Pickett that's out there, but one of the, the mountains around uh, the southern side of Grants Pass. It's really cool, but this one uh, is really unique and really special to me and definitely reminds me a lot of, uh, of being home and, and kind of what that's all about. You can see more of my work at billynewmanphoto.com. You can check out some of my photo books on Amazon. I think you can look up uh, Billy Newman under the authors section there and see uh, some of the photo books on film, on the desert, on surrealism, on camping. Some cool stuff over there. I wanted to, to touch in today and talk about a trip that I just, uh, just finished up going on um, out to out to central Oregon over to the high desert area uh, in, in eastern Oregon. I guess it's eastern Oregon, kind of over near the, the Bend area. We went up to Smith Rock this uh, last week and did some camping out over there. Had a great time. It was, uh, it was pretty nice. But we did the uh, the hike over there at Smith Rock. And uh, I guess I wanted to do just a, a kind of short podcast about about the area over by uh, by Smith Rock, some of the hiking that you can do and, uh, and some of the, the trip and photo stuff that we were working on over there. But uh, but yeah, I had a great time heading over to Smith Rock, took off for a pretty quick, easy weekend trip. You know what's great about uh, living here in Oregon on like the I-5 corridor is uh, you can just kind of jump over to eastern Oregon over over the Cascade Pass, which is definitely a track and a drive. It's different than, uh, than just being on the freeway. But uh, it's uh, pretty cool, yeah, jumping over the highways and getting over kind of into the, the backcountry and the Cascades and then heading over over the pass and then down into the high desert area of, uh, of eastern Oregon over there. So, yeah, I went through Sisters, headed over to Terrebonne, and then uh, went into the Smith Rock State Park area. And really, man, the thing I, I guess I should say is, yeah, Smith Rock is just world-class camping or a hiking area. You really can't camp there. I guess you can kind of camp out in, in a tent. You can kind of bivouac there. Uh, I guess some of the rock climbers do that. But uh, there's also, like, another spot. The area we camped was this campground called Skull Hollow, which is about <clears throat> maybe five miles away or so. It's really not too, too far of a drive. But, yeah, hop in the car, go around the mountain, and then on the back side of that, you can uh, you can hang out and set up a camp. I think it's the, the area we were at was uh, probably, I guess I guess it's BLM. Maybe it's uh, like state forest or something still. Uh, but it was dispersed camping areas, so you can kind of drive up this road, pull out on the side, then kind of walk your tent over, and uh, you know just a couple of feet and set it up, hang out. It was all free, and yeah, you're just sitting out there in the uh, in the scrub of the the sagebrush and on some lumpy ground. And I think there's like 
open range cattle that walk through there too. Other times we'd camped there in the past. I think Marina and I had, had been there maybe years ago and we had camped uh, just a couple spots out from the place that we were this weekend. We put up the tent, hung out there, had the car uh, parked there. And then uh, that morning we woke up in the tent, we could hear like a bunch of big footsteps around and sounds and animals. And we were thinking, Oh man, that's weird. And we unzipped the, the screen on the tent, looked outside and we were surrounded by cows pretty wild <laughs> so yeah the, i don't know the cows uh, cows just kind of walked through in their little group during the night or during the morning and uh, ended up in the acreage around where we were yeah kind of cool about open range cattle and stuff but it was fun hanging out over there um yeah checking out the skull hollow campground was cool get our, our camp set up over there was cool had a couple tents going and uh yeah uh took off uh, went over to smith rock did the the hiking trip over there that was pretty cool that's where we did some of our photo stuff most of the hike was like kind of a uh, just a cool afternoon hike it's really a great one because it's it's a couple miles it's definitely challenging if you're not super used to hiking um yeah you you, you could do it but you could kind of, you should try, train train up for it a little bit or not train up for it but you know get ready i got i don't know i blistered up my feet i got some hot spots and stuff so it's it's like Maybe is it three miles, four miles? I'm not sure. It takes about four hours or so. If you're kind of taking like an average sort of mellow pace through it, but it's cool. You know, like the lower part, you know, goes around like the Crooked River. Maybe it's only two hours. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, we went around the lower part, around the Crooked River, uh, which is really cool. How how the the way that the area was formed is really like if you kind of look at it from the outside. Maybe the ranch land that's all surrounding it is is pretty high, or it's higher in elevation. It's just kind of this this flatter area, and then it comes up to the Crooked River where it drops off into this rim rock canyon and then smith rock is is the volcanic uh remnant that's been left there as the erosion of the river is kind of wrapped by it and, and pulled away all the sediment that was there that would just kind of make it look like an average boring hillside and so now you have these uh these really exposed like uh, i don't know vivid kind of crisp volcanic rocks that are uh, you know, just alien to the activity that we see in erosion commonly across the earth here so smith rock yeah pretty cool uh, pretty unique kind of spot to go hike around at um, but yeah really fun to, to kind of jump in there really interesting kind of spot to be um, yeah i did the hike around the crooked river side up to the the back side where like monkey faces that was really cool we went with a couple of people that hadn't been there before so we got to kind of show them that that area for the first time and then yeah monkey face is such a cool phenomenon because really when you come around that corner it does anthropomorphic is it anthropomorphically? I guess it's animal. Yeah, anthropomorphically look like an, like a. Oh, that's when you make an animal a person, right? When is it when you make a rock an animal? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know that word, but uh, it looks like a monkey. It just looks like a monkey's face. That's why it's called monkey face. No way. So, um, so yeah, we uh, hiked around that spire of monkey face and started going up. The Misery Ridge Trail. It's just a bunch of switchbacks to kind of get you up in elevation to get you to the top of the uh, the Smith Rock rock there. And, uh, yeah, walked around the top there for a bit and then hiked down the back side of it. Uh, yeah, really cool spot to, to check out over on the Smith Rock side. There's a bunch of other uh, camping and hiking and stuff you can kind of do there other than just the, the top over loop of the trail. But there's, uh, there's other trails that kind of go around the east side of the park that's got some really cool stuff and then we're just talking about hiking and taking pictures and stuff a little bit so far but really the cool thing there is all the rock climbing stuff that you do all the the sport climbing that goes on and uh, and i think that's really cool we, there's there's a there's really a lot more hikers there today than there were um than there were sport climbers there's there's definitely like a handful of people that were out there but i didn't see <clears throat> 
and it's probably because the conditions were, I think, scheduled to be pretty bad. Like, uh, I think it was supposed to be raining a lot of the day, so I don't think a lot of people probably set up their uh, their rock climbing rigs for a day in the rain. But um, but I've definitely seen people there in, in really odd times of the year, like uh, you know, super early March, middle of the winter, um, early April, and stuff. Maybe there's better times of the year to uh, to do some of the, the types of climbs and stuff. But yeah, I was I was hoping to find some people doing like a multi pitch climb. I remember seeing that couple years ago on one of the surfaces where you're just thinking like wow those people are hundreds of feet up that means they like they had to bring the rope up once and then pull it all up and then lead climb it again and then like belay each other. it's just like wow how do you do that that's so wild so yeah really scary uh kind of interesting stuff how they do all the uh all the rock climbing stuff but uh but man i wish i i wish i knew a little bit more about it i got into it kind of um what it, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it'd be like gym sport climbing for weeks, not not months even. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to check out. Fun to learn about. But man, like being on the rock over at Smith Rock is a lot different. I got to go climb over there one time years ago, and just like getting on the rock and trying to like feel out the routes and stuff is so much different than kind of going for that hold on the wall in the, in the rock gym and stuff. It was just really interesting, kind of getting that experience of being hot and cold. And having all your like outdoor gear on and stuff, and you know you're just kind of exposed to the wind and the elements and stuff, and then you're also trying to like pull up this pull up this mountainside too at the same time. So it's kind of fun. It's uh, it's cool getting used to I don't know trying to rock climb stuff, but uh, but man, yeah, interesting uh, doing the climb and being belayed and uh, and doing all that stuff. But as photo stuff goes, we did a couple a couple 360 things. That was kind of cool going over to Smith Rock and shooting. I've been trying to get into some 360 photo work where um, uh, last year we did like a lot of uh, a lot of video clips which is really cool i really like those uh, those stock video clips that we produced in a lot of places and we and we shot a ton of photos too which is awesome but uh but now i'm also trying to get into um a bunch of uh a bunch of pieces where we can well i want to try and get the f- I want to try and get like collections of photos and then i'm sort of starting to learn about where you can put these in like virtual tours so you can put maybe four or five or I don't know whatever it would take you know but you, you kind of go to the specific spots in a, in a location or something and then you uh, you get the 360 photograph and then you can kind of uh, piece those together as a tour so you can go from one 360 to the next 360 and sort of this immersion well so I'm uh, trying to check that out trying to learn about if, uh, if that'll work for me very well but uh, but yeah I'm trying to do some 360 photo stuff where uh, yeah you take the photo then you pull it into affinity photo that's another program um, I'm using it on the Mac right now. I think it's available on PC as well. It's sort of a Photoshop competitor. You can buy it outright, I think, for maybe $79 or something like that. It's it's really not as expensive as the, the Creative Cloud purchases for a uh, continuation. But the reason I guess I bring up Affinity Photos, it's kind of noted as one of the better tools right now to project your stitched 360 photo as an equirectilinear equi- projection. Uh, in the program and then you can still use the editing programs in the program so um so like um i guess like the new final cut pro has an ability to to project the 360 photograph uh while you're editing it so you can add in new materials to it like um i don't know like just plates of information that'll stay up in the 360 space that you're at as you move through it it's interesting how it is you can kind of stitch things into the fabric of the scene uh, within Final Cut in the video, and you can heal your nadir point. So at the base of you is your nadir, at the top of you is your zenith point. So at the at the nadir point in a 360 photograph is where that tripod is going to be, or where you are going to be. You know, the photographer is going to be below it, sort of a thing. So, um, so that's kind of a I don't know an interesting part of it where 
you got to kind of go through, and I guess this is what Affinity is for, is you open up the photo after it's stitched, you open it in Affinity, and then you can go down and heal out the the base there where your tripod was or where um, the person was that was taking the picture, and then you can have this kind of full uh, 360 photograph without kind of a, a block at the bottom that's uh, this just a couple people. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. So I'm trying to open it up in Affinity and do a couple color adjustments to it, which is cool that you can go through and do um, do kind of like post color correction stuff to uh, some of the photographs. You can kind of do that with the 360 video, but you also kind of can't do it with the 360 video as well. You can kind of add some, well, you can add color correction like you can in, in Final Cut, but it's, it's really not the same as photo editing, I guess, you know, obviously. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. We've been having a good time trying to edit together those, uh, those 360 photos. I'm trying to go through a bunch of the photos that I had taken last year as well and put those together and I hope to, well, I don't know, what is it? Um, what is that 361? Oh, it's skipping my mind right now. There's like this uh, 360 Veer. I think it's Veer, VR. And uh, it's sort of like a YouTube channel for 360 videos and stuff. YouTube also takes 360s as well as a bunch of other places. But uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of a cool uh, little photo and uh, video sharing site for 360 content. Um, and, and social network and app and all that, you know, kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, but I put some stuff up there and that's where kind of people that are specifically interested in, in looking at, uh, 360 images and content would go. Um, but yeah, it's smaller site. It's kind of fun. So yeah, 360 stuff, uh, some photo stuff, had the Canon equipment out there. I was trying to take some landscape photos. It was cool. Um, that the, the weekend weather was, I think like I had mentioned, there was kind of a forecast to rain. Uh, really that was like some thunderstorms that were, blowing across the Cascades. I think there's just a bigger weather system overall this weekend. Uh, not to mention the Perseids, which I should get back to on another podcast that was probably this, but they got kind of clouded out for me. Shoot, I want to see some meteor showers. So, uh, <laughs> not talking about the Perseids, but uh, I guess kind of going back, um, well, I don't know, just the camping stuff. It was cool. We were really happy that we got to go out and, uh, and do the camping stuff. Uh, Sorry that we didn't get to see the Perseids, but uh, I don't know. I guess we're camping out and stuff, so that was pretty cool. It was thunderstorms that rolled over the Cascades, and uh, then we had these big thunderheads. And we were really fortunate that I guess the big system, which I looked really active. I, I pulled up the weather map on uh, on Dark Sky, the, the weather app that I have on my phone, and you can see just this big red hot spot, maybe 25 miles or 30 miles to the northeast of us. Uh, and it, I don't know, it's probably just, you know, a ton of rain, a ton of hail, a ton of lightning. So really glad we didn't get uh, wiped over by that. That's pretty cool. But uh, but really, yeah, it was, it was a cool kind of textured night where uh, there's just a lot of clouds and uh, like a lot of kind of uh, thunderstorms and stuff. It's cool that the, the airplanes were kind of coming in real low. They had to go around around this huge thunderstorm system. So they were coming in real low and kind of making these uh, sort of strange uh, routes, but it's just kind of fun to see that. I remember seeing that a couple other times in the past when uh, thunderstorms would come in and, and airlines would have to take uh, just these kind of big alternate routes to get around those uh, those thunderstorm cells. Uh, so that was kind of kind of cool checking out. We were taking pictures of it as the sun was going down. There's a rainbow kind of right as the evening was coming coming to a close over our camp. So that was pretty fun. Got some cool pictures of that, and that's what I love. I love that that time of uh, a day, or you know, right at the end of the day. There's a certain type of lighting effect that happens when there's really like mostly clouds over the sky, but right as the evening, the, the western sky has a gap where it's clear and the sun is able to shine through that pocket there and you get a lot of light that bounces back between the cloud surface above you and the ground below you uh, where you're kind of in this little pocket where it just sort of, it sort of um, 
reflects against itself. But you get this kind of warmer, sort of diffused tone around everything. It kind of changes the way the shadows are. It's different than overcast, you know, where you, you, you get a diffusion of the shadows. But this one, you get a really crisp, kind of saturated quality to the light. And it's a lot better than, I think, the, um, the softer sort of white light that you get in the diffused circumstances of, uh, of overcast days. But yeah, you get a lot of cool, kind of rich contrast in those landscape photos with that kind of lighting condition sort of during that golden hour time with the right kind of cloud effect and stuff really beautiful really soft uh, kind of easy to expose for photography kind of light so yeah beautiful spot to be uh, really kind of surreal colorful looking uh, location and evening and, and yeah fun hanging out watching the thunderstorms camping out getting rained on <laughs> maybe getting hailed on a little bit uh, all part of the experience of, of being outside being in eastern oregon definitely got a little sunburn uh, sore all the rest of it. But, uh, but yeah, good going out and, and camping out and stuff. You can check out more information at billynewmanphoto.com. You can go to billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support if you want to help me out and participate in the value for value model that uh, we're running this podcast with. If uh, you receive some value out of some of the stuff that I was talking about, you're welcome to uh, help me out and send some value my way through the portal at billynewmanphoto.com forward slash support. You can also find more information there about uh, Patreon and the way that I use it. If you're interested or, or feel more comfortable using Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash billynewmanphoto. Uh, so uh, I have been working with the books app on iTunes, or I guess it's not iTunes. I guess it's in the App Store. You know, when you go, you go to the iOS App Store and then you pull up books, it used to be called iBooks, and there used to be another program called the iBooks Author that would help you create books. They've kind of streamlined that stuff and they've kind of gotten rid of a few features. Um, so now instead of a separate app, it's all, all of those features are now built into Pages, just as it is, the, the free app Pages that you can get for your Mac or that you can get for your, your iPhone, which is really cool. You can do a lot of stuff just from your iPhone. Um, so uh, what I'm going to try and do and what I've been working on for a little bit was um, I want to try and create like a bunch of books that would go up for the iPad and for the iPhone um, and I'm sure I'm going to make a ton of those uh, as free books and then I want to try and make a few of them as uh, as like paid products too um, which is something that I've been interested in for a long time way back in like 2011 and 2012 and 2013 I've been working on a couple ebook projects most of those were pdf based because at the time I didn't really like the epub format and uh, I didn't really like the lack of I guess a graphic customization that you could do. It was it was really good for for like reflowable text if you wanted to to put an ebook on your Kindle, but it didn't really seem as good for something like a, like a magazine layout that would be really heavy image based uh, content. So I'm trying to look at that and sort of see what I can do uh, in an interesting sort of easy way. But what I'm going to probably do is take my first book. Uh, Western Overland Excursion that I put together back in 2011 and 2012 on uh, on some of those road trips that I was out doing. And I'm going to take all the spreads from that book and lay those out as an, as a books app book and uh, throw that up onto uh, the storefront there. And uh, I don't know. I don't, am I using... I'm probably using all the wrong words for this. I think it's pretty close. But I think you understand. I want to put it in the books store on ios or at least in the apple app store does that make sense i don't know if it makes sense at all but what i've gone through uh, to do was uh, i i tried to put in some information to itunes connect 
um, if you're if you're not uh, like a content creator for that's using like Apple stuff, you might not know about iTunes Connect. But iTunes Connect is sort of the back end piece. Like if you wanted to sell your music uh, and you wanted to put it up in the iTunes Store back in the day, or now if you want to put it in Apple Music, you would use I think something like iTunes Connect to try and get your music delivered there. And also similar to this podcast here, if you wanted to put up a podcast onto iTunes, uh, what you would do is create an iTunes Connect account. And then you would submit the RSS feed for your podcast to iTunes Connect. And that's sort of how they would, they would go over it. They would look at it. Then they would approve that podcast. And that's how it would end up in the podcast app and the podcast store, I guess. I don't know. I guess you don't make purchases, but to, in the podcast directory. Um, and so in addition to that, they or and like I guess if you wrote an app, I think uh, that's how you would also submit it to the App Store, and that's where you like put in your payment information and your tax information. Um, if you're putting up an app to sell, or if you're putting up another piece of content to sell, like your music, or in this case, like um, like an, an ebook. Um, so that's what I'm going to try and do. So I've just kind of finished uh, some of the stuff around iTunes Connect to put together uh, my tax information for my business and. Uh, uh, put together some information around like the book stuff so i'm ready to submit book projects uh to the app store so that i can uh, throw those up which would be cool so i can do free ones and i can do paid books uh all at the same time and i'm, I'm looking forward to it i think it'll be kind of an interesting way to, to put together some of those books and, and throw them up uh on ios devices and on mac devices and stuff so uh, that's that's something i'm looking forward to what i'm going to do pretty soon is grab the i I think I have the original file still for uh, for some of these ebooks that I put together. Wow, almost I guess more than half a decade ago. You know, it's almost a decade ago soon. Um, it's crazy that we're coming in uh, so far to the end of the the aughts. Is that what they call this decade? The teens? They don't call it the teens. I think they call it the aughts. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe this is the teens, and maybe the last one was the aughts. Is that right? You guys can correct me. But I'm going to take my uh, Western Overland Excursion book and the Working with Film book that I made as ebooks back in 2012 and 2013. And I'm going to try and uh, take those spreads, like I was mentioning, lay those out in pages, and then submit those to the, to the, through iTunes Connect to the bookstore uh, so that I can have those available uh, in the bookstore, like under my name, and, uh, and available for download. So, uh, so I think that'll be kind of cool. It'll be a project that I hope to take just a couple days. But uh, that's just sort of the first phase is taking those old books and putting that up as uh, part of the library under my name up on the bookstore. But in addition to that, what I'm trying to do right now is go through and I'm trying to build a bunch of uh, like photo books, uh, which I think has been kind of interesting. Uh, I I used to try and like write a lot for the the older books that I had, or at least write like sections, captions, paragraphs, and stuff for it. And uh, a lot of that was sort of thin writing, and um, I, I may still kind of jump into that. But just as a more simple project, what I want to do is go through my, my collection of photographs, and I want to try and pick out a bunch of the images that uh, are all sort of tied together in some sort of collection idea. One I'm working on right now is uh, images of the high desert out from uh, eastern Oregon. And so I'm trying to go through all of those images from different trips I've done over the last almost two decades to, uh, to eastern Oregon. And I'm trying to lay those out in a way that sort of shows uh, the, the way that I've grown in photography and the way that uh, time has elapsed out there. Um, you know, so like over time, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I think there's like uh, carvings on a tree that I had done back in maybe 2004 or something like that. But then there's images of that same tree in 2009 and 2012 and then 2015. Uh, and then it's, I don't know, it's just interesting to kind of see that and how it's evolved over time and how it's, uh, it's different now than what it had once been. So I'm looking forward to trying to 
jump in there and um, and take a bunch of those images that I had, lay those out as just a photo book, so you can go through and just kind of swipe through and see these uh, these high quality, uh, I guess, renders of these images laid out in an ebook. And that might be a way that I try and uh, show off a bunch of my photographs from here on out is uh, do sort of minimal writing. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, until people start asking for more, I think I'm going to kind of cut down on the amount of writing I do. But I'm going to try and focus on doing some some interesting layout stuff and maybe some interesting context stuff. That's also cool about it is uh, outside of writing and images uh, with uh, with these ebooks, you can put in audio pieces or you can put in like 3D animations or you can put in video clips. Uh, so all of these things I think would be really interesting to try and use and sort of push the limits of the, the type of multimedia experience you can create with these ebooks. And I think that'd be kind of a, a fun way to, to get into it for a little while. But I'm hoping to do this uh, high desert book first. I'm hoping to do like a portfolio book soon where it's just a, a tighter collection of my best images over over the last, you know, however long period of time. Um, or like do do other sections where it's uh, sort of by topic like I'm in Hawaii right now so I want to try and put together um, a book of some of the images that I've taken here in Hawaii over time or uh, some of the images I've taken around astrophotography and around like space and sort of the context of uh, space stuff maybe I can do that under like this night sky heading that I've been working on so just a couple different ideas that I've been uh, trying to run through Thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I hope you guys check out some stuff on BillyNewmanPhoto.com. A few new things up there. Some stuff on the homepage. Some good links to other other outbound sources. Some, some links to books. Some links to some podcasts. Links to some blog posts. All pretty cool. But yeah, check it out at BillyNewmanPhoto.com. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the podcast. Talk to you next time.